This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions and take care of yourself. Null and Void, a piece of cake podcasted network production. When I was a kid, my mother, in an attempt to get me to get out there and learn how to be a normal fucking human being for once, sent me to a 14-day sleepaway camp. Needless to say, it was a mess. The first night was fine, but by the second, I had managed to gain the attention of a camp bully, if you would. She noticed my ill-fitting clothes and the 20 books I had stuffed in my suitcase and proceeded to rip me to shreds for the remaining 13 days. She poured water on my bed hid my things, pushed me around, and called me every uncreative name in the book. I was fucking miserable, and any time I tried to tell an adult, I was met with resigned ambivalence. By the end of those two weeks, while I hadn't learned how to make friends, I did discover how to be invisible. Not like literally invisible, I haven't quite figured out that superpower, but I am very good at going unnoticed in a room full of people. The trick I found is to look like you aren't trying to blend in. Find a corner, sit still and silent, and once they've forgotten you're there, you can slip away unnoticed. These skills became second nature to me. Turns out going unnoticed in your work, social and daily life, is a relatively good thing. Sometimes. Other times your innate ability to be ignored lands you in a janitor's closet with two of the most important people in your company discussing top secret information right outside the door. Now, Piper, you might ask, why not just leave the closet? Pretend you didn't hear every word they were saying. Well, imaginary voice in my head, that's a dumb idea. Because not five minutes ago, I slipped away from my mail sorting station to go have just, just the biggest cry. One of those cries you've had building up for a few days, so when it finally does come, it's a relief to be crying alone in the darkness, covered in snot and tears. Granted, as soon as I heard my boss's voices from the other side of the door, I had pressed my hand over my mouth and shoved my body into the furthest corner, hoping they didn't need anything inside this particular fourth floor closet. My regular crying closet on the same floor as the mailroom had been locked. I think they finally caught on that I was using it. It's like they're hoping we'll fail. Yeah, because it means they'll get to bring in Isabella and then we'll really be screwed. Isabella is nothing compared to her father. Now if he gets involved, then we're really screwed. Just make sure you have the incident proximity data logs to me first thing tomorrow morning. They'll want to see it. I was looking those over, by the way. This most recent incident had an increased call rate of at least 30%. It seems as though there are more calls per minute when their loved ones are burning to death. We could use that, though I'd like to see response times to large building fires compared to vehicle incidents. What the fuck? We'll have to test that theory out. Let's see if we can't get Chiron to sign off on another fire. See what kind of data we- Shit, 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 shit! What the hell was that? What? The ringing? Yes, the fucking ringing! You said this floor was clear? It was. I checked. Someone must have left their phone in the break room. 
fine. Whatever. Just get that paperwork to me. A-S-A fucking P. Got it? Yes, sir. God, fuck me. Ugh, who keeps calling me? Just leave a damn message. What? Hey, where are you right now? Dodger? Y yes What do you want? Chris needs your help right away. How soon can you make it to Shallowbrook Mall? Right now? Right now. I'm kind of in a closet at the moment. Okay. Well, just know I support you whenever you are ready to come out. Thank you for trusting me enough to tell me this- No. I'm in an actual closet. I mean, I am gay as hell, but at this moment, it's not a homophobic closet. I get off work in a couple of minutes, but I won't get there for a few hours. A few hours? Don't you work right next to a bus stop? Well, yeah, but- Are you worried about another accident? Yes. Do you think Adelaide would let that happen? She saved you once, right? Well, yeah, but she doesn't know everything. She can't know everything. She's been pretty on point so far. Piper? Yeah, sorry. I'm here. I'll head over to the mall as soon as I can. Awesome. I'll send you his number. Thanks for your help. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Now all you have to do is get your stuff from the mailroom and then hop on a bus. It's not that hard. You've done it all your life. It's just a bus. A giant metal shell on wheels that can take me from point A to point B in a reduced amount of time. And Chris needs my help so it would make sense that I need to get there fast. It's not like another truck will ram into this one and cause my unconscious body to be slowly burned alive. What if the bus driver has an aneurysm and dies and the bus crashes? There's no way Adelaide could account for something like that. And God knows I would know what to do. I don't know how to drive a bus. Who knows how to drive a bus? I mean, I guess bus drivers do, but I haven't driven a car since high school. But maybe it's just like riding a bike. And if they die, I can just push them out of the way and pedal the bus. If that doesn't work, then maybe- Hey! You getting on? What? I asked if you were getting on. Come on, kid. I got a schedule to keep. A cold hand gripped my stomach, twisting it into knots. The bus driver was glaring at me, probably wondering why this idiot wouldn't get on the bus. I took a deep breath, and before I could convince myself not to, I got on the bus. As I collapsed into the seat closest to me, the bus began to pull away. In spite of my fears, we pulled up to the mall 15 minutes later, safe and sound. My first steps on solid ground were shaky, but once I found proper footing, I felt like I could breathe again. Hey, Piper. Hey. Dodger said you needed help and told me to come right away. Are you okay? What's wrong? <laughs> they said that? I mean, I'm, I'm glad for your company, but I think I've got the big emergency handled. Oh. Well, then. Come on. I'll buy you a coffee. So, they're really making you do surveillance, like Barbara Gordon? Who? You know what? Don't worry about it. What do they expect you to do? Jump headfirst into every fire or shooting we come across? No. I mean, probably not. It's hard to tell with them. I don't think they're expecting me to go all Batman on anyone, but I'm relatively calm under high-pressure situations. And I do know how to dial 911. How do you know Batman but not... Okay, whatever. So, you've just been sitting here all day, people watching? Basically. Uh, Nikki has a shift at the hospital, so she wasn't able to join me. 
and I got bored and started texting Dodger, and I think they got annoyed, so I'm pretty sure they sent you to stop me from texting them so often. But, joke's on them. I can multitask. Oh. Okay, then. It, it's just that they made it sound important, like you were in trouble or something. Nah. Dodger is just one of those people who's all go all the time until they're finally able to relax, and then it's like nothing can motivate them. You said before that you knew them from the internet? Yeah. We met in a random chat room like 10 years ago. We stopped talking for a few years once I was deployed, but we got back in contact after Adelaide called us. After that, we found Nikki, and she's been amazing. You two are together, right? I, um, I saw you holding hands after our meeting. <laughs> yeah, for a few months. She was a huge help when I moved out here, and we really click. She's... My light in the dark. That's really sweet. Yeah, I know. You said you were deployed? Yep. Deployed for four years in Iraq and another three in Afghanistan. Until a very lovely roadside bomb ended my tour a bit short. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't be. I've got a pretty hefty disability check. Plus, I came back with some cool souvenirs. Oh, you have a prosthetic arm? That's cool. I mean... Sorry, it's not cool that you lost your arm. I just meant that the arm itself is cool. <laughs> it's okay, honestly. I'm actually pretty lucky to have gotten the prosthetic, let alone two. I've got a prosthetic leg as well, but I really like showing off the arm. God knows I spend enough money on it. He pulled back his sleeve, holding his arm up. There were designs carved into the metal, inlaid with a dark green, bursting flowers and swirling vines, an entire forest encased in his metal flesh. 3D printed titanium. They wanted to give me one that's more realistic, but I figured if I was going to get stuck with a fake arm, I might as well get something cool. Like a tattoo? Exactly. I do have one that's not quite so fancy, but this one works just fine for some casual people watching. What are we supposed to be looking for, anyways? Dodger said that they'd like us to monitor high traffic areas for instances of critical importance. So they just want us to hang out in crowded places? Sounds like it. You want another coffee? Sounds like we're going to be here for a while. I'd love one. Thanks. Cream and sugar? Please. Hey, Alex. Yeah, not much. I'm sorry I haven't called you in a bit. It's been a, a bit crazy on my end. How... Oh, yeah. I get it. Sorry. I didn't realize how late it was over there. I'll let you go. You, um, you have a good dinner, okay? Yeah. Bye. Chris and I sat and talked for hours. Nothing really happened. No gunshots. No crowds of terrified, stampeding people. Nothing. It was kind of nice. I hadn't been out of my house for anything else but work in so long, and it was refreshing to have someone to talk to who wasn't my cat. It was close to 11 o'clock when we regrouped for the night at Dodger's place, and around 4 when Chris and Nikki finally passed out, sprawled across the couch. 
Dodger slipped into the next room and emerged moments later with a large golden blanket. They draped it over the couple and then settled into their desk chair. Thank you for your help today. I know Chris appreciated it. Oh, no problem, really. Chris is pretty cool. They both are, and I'm glad to have you on the team. What is your plan, anyways? Do you want to start up a neighborhood watch? Are we going to take shifts patrolling the neighborhood? <laughs> Not quite, but I won't stop you from taking a jog if you'd like. Huh, <laughs> please. I've been walking to work for the past week, and I'm too fucking tired for another mile. Thank you, by the way, for convincing me to take the bus. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Piper. If you ever need help, I want you to know you can reach out to me. I'm literally always here. Always? Always. I uh, haven't left this apartment in, I guess, ten years? Jesus, ten years? You really haven't stepped outside in that long? Why? I just can't. I tried once. Then some really awful stuff happened, and that was kind of the final nail in my golden coffin. It's fine, though. I get all my groceries delivered. Hell, most things I'll ever need can be delivered nowadays. What about people? I've got people. Chris and Nikki pass out on my couch practically every weekend. What do you do all day? I handle websites and social medias for a few different companies, like Luminary. Thankfully, I'm able to do the work from home. At night, I've got my telescope and a Steam library full of games I never actually play. A telescope? You can stargaze around here? Well, I used to be able to. Once Void Networks installed that stupid blinking light, I haven't been able to see much of anything. Well, that sucks. A little bit, yeah. There's something else. What is it? So when you called me today, I heard some folks talking. About what? I'm not 100% sure, but it sounded like they were talking about those accidents. I think... I, I think they were gathering data on all of the accidents that have been happening. It sounded like they were hoping for more accidents. The voices said they were going to request another fire from a dude named Chiron. That's a bit weird. I, I mean, I'm sure gathering data during the time of crises isn't unusual. But you said they wanted to start a fire? Well, they said they wanted to see if a person named Chiron would sign off on a fire. Maybe they just meant they needed to fire someone? Maybe? I don't know. It was hard to hear, especially since someone was blowing up my phone the whole time. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> it's alright. Do you think we should report them or something? I don't really talk to anyone else at work, so I'm not quite sure who to report it to. Maybe not just yet. It wouldn't help to go accusing people without more evidence. Yeah, you're probably right. Maybe don't mention it to Chris just yet? He'll definitely fly off the wall if he thinks there's someone to blame. And Nikki tells him everything, so she's out too. Yeah, that makes sense. Besides, I could have just misheard them. There's no way they could be responsible for every accident that happens. Yeah, probably not. Fuck, this is stressful. What if my bosses are actually trying to kill people? How on earth am I supposed to work now? That'd be a bit fucked up. I wonder if you get paid time off for that. Dodger, I'm serious. So am I. Listen, you just gotta grit your teeth and face them head on. And maybe start working on your resume, just in case. Yeah, probably. Wait, hold on. You convinced me to get on a bus, like, a week after the accident. Isn't it a little hypocritical of you to force me to face my fears when you can't? Okay, yeah, that's fair. I'm sorry for pressuring you, but I knew you could do it. You're brave, Piper. I could tell that from the moment I met you. 
I'm not brave. Not in the slightest. I couldn't even help anyone when that bus crashed. They were just stuck inside this burning mass, and I just stood there and watched. I couldn't do anything. I just ran up, and no one was moving, and I just stood there. I didn't even call the police. I just watched. I couldn't move. Being brave doesn't always mean diving headfirst into a burning vehicle, Piper. Sometimes it's as simple as stepping on a bus to help a friend. He didn't even need me. You just told me he needed my help. He did need your help. Bull, you just wanted him to stop sending you memes. I don't even know what half of them mean. Some are random Spider-Man jokes or pictures of that one Shiba Inu with incoherent text over it. (laughs) I'm serious. It's practically an art form. He has the distinct ability to communicate via memes. I need Urban Dictionary and a fucking map to figure out what the hell he's trying to say. They're memes, Dodger, not Klingon. Trust me, I know. I can actually speak Klingon. I just... Chris has a habit of folding in on himself when he's alone. Nikki has been wonderful, but she can't be there with him every second of the day. Man, we're all a bit fucked up, huh? Mm, I think we're doing just fine so far. I'm glad you have so much faith in us. Someone needs to. Adelie did say we would help save the world. Oh, I almost forgot. I saw her again, last week, after our meeting. Wait, what? She told me she would call us again soon, but it's been a week. She said she had some things to figure out before she could fill us in on anything, which- Piper. I think is bullshit. I want to trust her, but she won't give me a straight answer about anything. And she smells like cocoa butter and honey, I think, and I can't get her out of my mind. Piper! Sorry. (laughs) What's up? Hey, what's with all the yelling? Piper, you said you saw her again. Not talked, not called. You actually saw her. In person? Yeah, I saw her a few weeks before the bus crash, and then again after we had our first group meeting. Are you serious? What's happening? Piper met Adelaide in person, twice. Why would Adelaide approach Piper? Hold on, I don't understand why this is such a big deal. Well, none of us have ever seen her in person, except for... We had this other member, a guy named Marcus. He met Adelaide in person, too. Oh, cool. Why isn't he here? He died. A few months ago. Adelaide murdered him. Null and Void was written by Colbert Hart and edited by Sterling Ray and Amber Holtz. The episode you just heard was sound designed by Jonesy Jones. Our intro music is composed by Benny James. And our outro music is Great Expectations by Ty Engel. This episode also features the voices of Winona Wyatt as Piper, 
Danielle Ellett as Adelaide, Azul Nova as Dodger, Sina Breyer as Nikki, and Evan Saft as Chris. This episode also features Lucille Valentine as the executive manager, William Lett as the office manager, James Oliva as the bus driver, and Anne Baird as the real bus driver. And thank you to Michael H. for your sensitivity consulting. This episode was made possible by our chief executive officers, Katie Human, Amara Augustine, Daniel Sang, and Anne Baird.